Bible Treasures Topic 9 Spiritual Battle Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching that we are receiving from God's Holy Word through this How Not series. Now you may have a question, why this negative approach? Instead of how to pray, why how not to pray? Instead of how to meditate, why how not to meditate? Now we would like to tell you why we give this negative approach. Mark's Gospel, 7th chapter. Look at the 8th words. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and this was the observation about the religious practices in his times. 8th words of Mark's Gospel, 7th chapter. Laying aside the commandment of God, you hold on to the tradition of men like the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. Nothing wrong in washing of these vessels, that's quite hygienic. But the problem was, they laid aside the commandment of God and they started getting stuck to and giving prominence to the traditions of men. And Jesus said, many other such things you do. Yes, beloved, we also today as Christians, we have more to unlearn than to learn. That's why we are giving all this negative approach to this vital Christian discipline. How not to battle? There is a renewed interest about the subject of spiritual warfare all over Christendom. That's quite good and that's welcome. Yes, Christian life is a fight from beginning to end. I'll give you some scripture passages to explain this point. Begin with, please turn with us to book of Colossians chapter 1. And we look at verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now it is not simply a deliverance from the power of darkness. We are also translated into another kingdom. That is, we are translated or transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. So, beloved, these are two kingdoms in conflict. They are fighting against each other. Because we are transferred from one kingdom to the other kingdom, obviously we will be facing that battle. Apostle Paul, towards the end of his life, he testified to this fact. Turn with us to 2 Timothy, 4th chapter, 7th verse. Maybe he wrote this letter when he was awaiting his martyrdom. 2 Timothy, 4th chapter, 7th verse. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. That means till the end of his life it was a fight throughout. The same thing is endorsed by the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in his letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. You can read the second and third chapters of the book of Revelation. First letter was to the church in Ephesus. And if you look at the seventh word, that is the end of that letter. 
He says, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Then the letter was to the church in Smyrna. And when you come to the end of that letter, 11th words we read, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And then there was the third letter, that was the church in Pergamos. And when you come to the end of that letter, the 17th words, to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. So you find at the end of every letter, Lord Jesus Christ was making this challenge, to him who overcomes, I will give this reward. Christian life is supposed to be an overcoming life. As we come to the end of the age, the battle gets more and more intensified. Now, if you turn with us to the book of Revelation, it is clearly predicted for us. I look at the 12th chapter. I look at the 12th words. We'll read the last portion of that words. The devil has come down to you having great wrath, anger, because he knows that he has a short time. Now look at that verse. It's a short time, therefore great wrath. And what is his primary activity? Look at the ninth words. The devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Now, the main activity of the devil is deceiving God's people. Now, when he is introduced in the beginning pages of the Holy Bible, he is introduced as someone who is extremely cunning. Genesis 3rd chapter, first words. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. Even in the subject of spiritual warfare, the devil is deceiving God's people. He is inspiring them to use unscriptural methods which ultimately will be totally ineffective. And ultimately then he would win. That is his purpose. But we, during this series of talks on how not to battle, we want to expose to you Ten unscriptural methods or ineffective methods of spiritual warfare. How not to battle? Number one, do not underestimate the devil. Once again, how not to battle? Do not underestimate the devil. In any warfare, in any battle, the first lesson to be learned is that you should know your enemy. Now, we would like to tell you, what is this devil? First, we will begin with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with us to the book of John, 14th chapter, and we will read to you the 30th verse. Now, what did the Lord Jesus Christ say about the devil? I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. Jesus Christ called the devil as the ruler of this world. What was the name that the apostles gave to the devil? Turn with us to the book of Ephesians, second chapter, second words. Here he is called the prince of the power of the air. And when you come to 2 Corinthians 4th chapter, 
There the Apostle Paul gives another name to the devil. Look at the fourth words. He is called the God of this age. The God of this age. Beloved, are you able to see the names that is given to this arch enemy of God? He is the ruler of the world. And he is the prince of the power of the air. And he is the God of this age. Yes, we cannot underestimate him. This fact was attested by Apostle John towards the end of his life. Turn with us to 1st John 5th chapter, 19th words. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. There are two things that we know. Number one, we know that we are of God. And there is something of equal importance. There is another fact which is equally important. We know that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. As much as we know we are of God, we also should know that the whole world is under the devil. Now we would like to present before you some of the extraordinary abilities of the devil. Now first of all, he was known for his beauty and his wisdom. Turn with us to the book of Ezekiel. Look at the 28th chapter. We will read verses 12 and 13. Actually, here is a narrative of the fall of the proud king of Tyre. Prophet Ezekiel is using it as an illustration of the fall of Satan also. Look at the 12th verse. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You know, he was perfect in beauty. Not relative in beauty, he was perfect in beauty. We talk about Miss World and Miss Universe. They are only beautiful in when you talk relatively. Satan is concerned he is perfect in beauty. Absolute beauty. So we can even call Satan as Mr. Universe. And he was also full of wisdom. That is why we read in book of Genesis 3rd chapter, he was of all the animals most cunning. He's a master schemer. Now turn with us what Paul has to say about the scheming quality of the devil. 2nd Corinthians 2nd chapter. I look at the 11th words. Satan is trying to take advantage of us and we are not ignorant of his devices. You know, his scheming is so subtle that unless you are watchful and vigilant, you won't be able to identify them. You know, he was able to cheat even our, uh, our mother, Eve, in the Garden of Eden. Look at the 2nd Corinthians 11th chapter. I look at the third verse. I fear that somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, by his scheming. Now when you come to the 14th verse of the same chapter. No wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. You know, if he comes as an angel of darkness, we can easily identify him. He comes as an angel of light. How deceptive and cunning and subtle he is. And also he is extremely strong. 
Now we know about the story of a man who was demon possessed. He was living only in tombs. And people were not able to control him. They tried to bind him not just with ropes but with chains many times. But every time he literally broke those chains into pieces. Now we all know about the cufflinks that these policemen use when they catch a thief. And is it possible to just break it like that? Now you see this man who was demon possessed, so many chains again and again, but he just broke them. And another instance, you know, there were seven young sons of a high priest by name Skiva. They were trying to exorcise the devil. But what happened? That evil spirit, they overpowered them and these the seven young people had to run away even leaving their dresses. Now, beloved, when the Holy Spirit came on Samson, he had an extraordinary power. And today, when satanic and evil spirits come on people, they can also manifest extraordinary power. And the Satan is also known for his miracle power. Now, if you turn with us to Second Thessalonians, second chapter, look at the ninth word. Here, Paul is trying to identify him. Coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. Just because there are miracles, you can't say they are from God. You know, when they threw the Aaron's rod, it became a serpent. And all the magicians of Egypt, they also threw their rods and they all became serpents. Now immediately we may say, no, no, Aaron's rod and Aaron's serpent swallowed all those serpents. However, the fact remains that when the magicians threw their rods, they became serpents. And you know, when Aaron stretched out his rod, all the waters in the rivers and ponds, they became blood. And even the magicians were able to do it. And when Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters, they all just, uh, frogs became, they started filling up and covering up the whole land. And even the magicians were able to do it. Now, beloved, beyond this, they were not able to do much. Is it a small thing to turn a rod into a serpent or turning water into blood and bringing frogs all over the land? Is it an easy thing? Beloved, let us not underestimate the devil. You know, beloved, another thing, his kingdom is undivided, it is intact. It was told by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Matthew's Gospel, 12th chapter. But the 26th words. Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Think of the tremendous power that Satan has in that down through the ages his kingdom is undivided, that is intact. Now how are they able to be so much standing together? Now I believe because they are united in their purpose and that is the single purpose. What is the single purpose of Satan? Second Thessalonians 2nd chapter. Look at the fourth verse. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And they are very singular in their purpose. They want to oppose God. 
This is their only purpose. In their purpose, because they are united, their kingdom stands together. Another thing that we should remember, so we may not underestimate the devil, is millennia of experience. Now he has got over 6,000 years of experience with mankind. He knows our first parents. He knows our father. He knows our grandfather. You know, he has had experience with patriarchs like Job. He has had experience with kings like David. He has got experience with prophets like Jonah. He had dealings with apostles like Simon Peter. He had experience with couples like Ananias and Sapphira. He tempted the Lord Jesus Christ in all points. Maybe with his experience with Jesus, he has learned how not to tempt. Not only that, before his fall, he was one of the mighty angels of God. So as such, you know how the angels of God and God himself will be operating. So, you know, this is all his knowledge which we should never underestimate or ignore. That is why the Bible refers to him as that old serpent. That word old not, doesn't speak to his age, that speaks to his experience. How not to battle. Do not ever underestimate Satan. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lesson that we have begun today about our spiritual warfare. Thank you, Lord, for exposing what the devil is from your holy word. Help us, O oh God, to know our enemy when we go on with this battle. Continue to open up our eyes, O oh God. Give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.